So we're continuing our look at the fruit of the Spirit and unlike uh, the last time when I spoke about gentleness and self-control, I didn't ask James uh, how he thought I would go in this department just in case I got the wrong answer again. Um, I thought I'd better go in blind, it might be far better. So... um, We've looked at gentleness and self-control. David looked at faithfulness and now we're going to continue on with kindness and goodness. And and when we think about those two words, you'd almost think they're the same thing, kindness and goodness. Um, But you've got to ask yourself the question, so why did Paul uh, particularly want to mention kindness and goodness? Right? So there's got to be a distinction between the two of them, otherwise, why put it in there? So let's go read uh, Galatians chapter 5 again. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Now, by virtue of the fact that these nine virtues manifest character in our lives, we should see that the character in a Christian's life is a major part of what the Holy Spirit is meant to manifest in us. These nine virtues are the fruit that someone is living a spiritual life. In other words, these fruit are the tell-all sign of whether someone is spiritual or not. It's how much we genuinely love people and how much joy and peace we are producing in our lives. If you recall the example of the Church of Corinth and saw how they had a plethora of gifts but lacked character and morals. This should prove to us that the presence of gifts is not what makes one mature. The fruit of the Spirit is the fruit of true spirituality. We might say we need these nine virtues produced in our lives alongside the gifts of the Holy Spirit in order to make the kind of impact in the world which is what God has called us to do. When we look at these two, we might call them, and I've used the word sister fruits, but what's the difference between these two fruit of the Spirit? As we said, they sound similar, they are strikingly similar, but there must be a difference. If the Holy Spirit inspired the Apostle Paul to mention them both, as two distinct fruit of the Spirit. We see kindness as more of the attitude by which we do things for people. Like, for example, in 1 Corinthians 13.4, we're told that love suffers long and is kind. Goodness, on the other hand, appears to be the action accompanying the right attitude that we possess. Like, for instance, if there was a man who died and in their will they left a good portion of their estate to build an orphanage or do some other benevolent work. How do we suppose those benefiting from him would refer to him? 
They might say he was a good man. Why? Because we refer to someone as good because of their good deeds or good fruit that we see in their life. The point is that these two fruit of the Spirit work hand in hand. We might describe them as sister fruits, seeing how closely related they are. For example, some of you might describe the fruit of kindness in the exact opposite way as the action itself and not the attitude and the fruit of goodness as the inherent quality of a person. But let's start with the first one that Paul mentions, which is kindness. We can see when we look at the Greek, uh, you might get the word serviceable. This is all from the Vines um, Expository Dictionary. We get serviceable, we good, we get pleasant. But what's interesting is it also describes it as good. In places we see kindness translated as good and good translated as kind. In fact, the original King James Version translates this word as gentleness, which fits well because to be kind carries with it an idea of being tender-hearted and gentle and easily touched by others' needs and infirmities. It's interesting, the Aramaic Bible in plain English, which translates this word as sweetness, for to be kind is to be sweet. Now, that, what, that's what it uh, means for someone to be sweet. It means that they are pleasant, nice and to one's liking. I think that's a good description of someone who is kind. The Oxford Language Dictionary defines the word kindness as the quality of being friendly, generous and considerate. Therefore, kindness is a being exhibited in a demeanour, action or thought. What I mean by that is that the fruit of kindness is to look kind, be kind and to think kind. In other words, it is produced in our lives by our countenance, our actions and our mindset. Other scriptures that use the word kind, we talked or looked, referred earlier, 1 Corinthians 13, 4, love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant. And, and how many of you know uh, that one can suffer long or be patient with others but have the wrong attitude about that? For example, they might put up with someone or tolerate another person's tardiness or behaviour, but at the same time be fuming on the inside while they are waiting on them. We see in the Bible that that this kindness is what God showed us through the giving of his son in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 7. So that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. It is even in his kindness, some translations use the word goodness, that leads us to repentance, to receive his kindness. As we're told in Romans chapter 2 and verse 4. So let this be the barometer. Let this be the barometer of what kindness is. In most of these examples of God's kindness, we see action, not just intention. God's kindness was him giving us his very best. 
It is the manifestation of his kindness that helps people to change direction. So kindness is not merely an attitude. Kindness is a tangible fruit that people experience. We look at another place where the Apostle Paul encourages this fruit of kindness in our lives in Ephesians, oh, be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God Christ forgave you from Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 32. The word kind that he used here, uh, Christios, literally describes being useful, manageable, or employed. In fact, this is the same word used by Jesus in Matthew chapter 11 and verse 30 when he described his yoke as easy. This word shows us that the way to be employed by the Lord is to have skills in the arena of kindness. Therefore, to be kind is to serve both the Lord and others. Do we want to be useful? Do we want God to employ us for some great work? Then we need to purpose in our hearts to be a kind person, fruitful in the area of kindness. But like most of our jobs, it's not just a Sunday vocation. When Paul said be kind to one another, he was implying being continuously kind. In other words, this is a perpetual behaviour, not just a one-time performance. I rather suspect our employers want us to be doing our job for 40 hours a week, not four. Likewise, God wants us to be fit for purpose, fit for use in our employment for him. And he considers this a full-time job, not a part-time one. We notice that Paul threads tender-hearted together with being kind in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 32. Another way of describing being tender-hearted is to be compassionate, sensitive, and sensitive to the needs and desires of others. For this reason, we would describe kindness as being motivated by compassion and moved with compassion. Of course, constantly see Jesus doing the kind of things that he did in the Gospels because of this compassion that moved him. There are many examples of this, but the one that certainly exhibits the fruit of kindness is when Jesus fed the 4,000 odd. In Matthew 15:32, he said to the disciples, I have compassion on the multitude because they have now continued with me three days and have nothing to eat. And I do not want to send them away hungry, lest they faint on their way. So how does the miracle of feeding the thousands begin? It began with compassion, which rose up in Jesus. He was observant. He was conscientious of their needs. Knowing that they had stayed with him for three days and that they had nothing to eat, which teaches us an important lesson. In order to be kind and compassionate, we must be conscientious and considerate. We can not only be wrapped up in our own little world, 
only aware of our own needs. And Jesus said he did not want to send them away hungry because they might not make it back home. This describes kindness as not just the good intentions we have. Sure, kindness begins in the person who is kind themselves. Yes, it begins with an attitude and a mentality and a way of thinking. But the fruit of kindness is produced in our lives by some kind of action on our part. The fruit of kindness is an action, not just an intention. It ought to be our faith on display, which leads us to kindness's sister fruit, the fruit of goodness. When we look at goodness... We again see, using the vines, how it's translated from the Greek, and we again see how the words interchange for good and kind uh, and kindness. So you see gentleness and kindness, righteousness, denotes a goodness. So you see how they're interrelated. In the, um, the Oxford language, it talks about the quality of being morally good or virtuous, a belief in the basic goodness of mankind. So when you read that, that Greek word akathusune, it's, it's hard to define just as in English. However, though, it's related to kindness. It differs from it and being often directed toward that which does not merit the action. The primary idea seems to be generosity that springs from kindness. It's also worth noting that we oftentimes use the word good in describing food. Like, for instance, if a particular fruit is bad, then it value or no longer to remain good. That means that it needs to look good, taste good and satisfy others. We will produce the fruit of the light and its fruit is all goodness, righteousness and truth. That means that if I'm going about being a liar, deceptive and not doing what is right and in agreement with God's standards, then I'm not walking in the light. Likewise, if I'm not exhibiting the fruit of goodness, in my life, then I'm not bearing all of the fruit of the light of my life. It really is that simple. Over and over, the scriptures speak to us about the fact that God is good and he does good. In Psalm 119, you are good and do good. Teach me your statutes. The verses not only tell us that he is good, but some of them show us how he is good. Let's look at uh, Psalm 34. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. For those who fear him have no lack. 
The young lions suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. When the Holy Spirit begins in verse 8, inviting us to taste and see the Lord's goodness, you can't help but think of this fruit of the Spirit. And this fruit of his goodness can be both tasted and beheld. Then in verses 9 to 10 we see that his goodness produces no want, lack or suffering hunger. Therefore, when we are good to others, what is the fruit we produce in their lives? We eliminate their needs, wants and poverty. So again we see goodness as that gracious benefactor that both meets the needs and grants the desires of those in want. In Psalm 84 we read, For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favour and honour. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the one who trusts in you. You see, our good God is described here as a son and there is not many other physical things that we have been given that illustrate God's goodness more than the son. In James 1.17 describes him as the father of lights that gives us every good and perfect gift. So the Son itself is one of those good and perfect gifts. All would need to become accurately aware of how good God has been to the human race is that if we have the sun in the heavens burn out. Life would not be that good. Not only is God our Son, he's also our shield. That describes him as our protector. How much each of us have been spared from. But notice what he is said to give, favour and honour. In his goodness he shares his favour and honour with me. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. And what are those good things? Things that benefit and bless you and I May it be so with us that it is with the Lord. Those around us will be able to both taste and see the fruit of goodness in our lives. We need to know that the Lord expects the fruit of kindness and goodness to be manifested in our lives. This fruit does not come by accident. like it is with growing specific fruit in our backyards. We have to plan to produce the fruit of kindness and goodness. Kindness and goodness do not fall us like apples out of a tree. No, they are fruit produced from our hearts. We must intentionally and deliberately begin to cultivate goodness and kindness in the grounds of our hearts. Paul is describing two virtues 
that we can see evidence of in one's life and are not just what a person is versus what they do. No, every believer is called to both be kind, do kind things, to be good and do good things. No, not to try and earn God's love and acceptance through their goodness and kindness, but because they have already received his love and acceptance. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 15, see that no one repays anyone evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. This fruit of the Spirit enables us to walk this community, this place, every day of the week. And as we show this fruit, we are Christ's ambassadors. We are different from those in the world. Yes, we show it to one another. But how much more important it is to show the world of how good God's kindness and goodness is. By this, all will know we are God's children and his ambassadors.